0: Welcome back to this week's episode of Men of the Machine. I'm Kevin. I'm Pat. And
1: how you doing today, Pat? I'm okay. I mean, I've been off, so therefore it's not horrible like it is usually when I work. <laughs> it's true. True. Did you do anything fun today? Um, I hung out with uh, basically last night. Um, Alyssa and I watched Krampus and Gremlins, and then today Christmas we to breakfast. Yeah, and then we went to breakfast and watched Gremlins 2 because she'd never seen Gremlins 2, and I thought that was a travesty that had to be over, like... That's with Rambo
0: Gremlins. Uh, What's his name? Um, um, Gizmo. Gizmo, yeah. Rambo Gizmo. Yes. (laughs) You gotta be very careful when I set stuff down. Um, I had a reason for asking you that as a segue. See, every day before we talk, I go through my head like, how am I gonna open the show? Like, remember that one time when I was like, Hey, welcome to the show of uh, increasingly questionable sexualities and stuff like that. I don't remember what I said. It took, I was all day, I was like, should I say that on the podcast? I might say that on the podcast. Well, today I had something I wanted to uh, open with, and there was a reason for me asking you how your day was. I mean, obviously, because I'm interested, that's number one. But number two was for a purpose uh, based on entertainment, and I soiled it, so I apologize. (laughs) Uh, That's neither here nor there. All right, before we get into it, because we got a lot of talk about today, and um, I'm not really sure what we're going to end up actually doing, I wanted to play a little game. Not a real game, not a game to add to the show. Just, I got really caught off guard today at work, because I was totally doing my job and browsing the internet, and... um, I saw a headline that just completely just I was I couldn't you've seen them they go around the internet like uh, uh, man stabs dog over video game and you're like what does this mean well this was now you just you, you've you've
1: just you've stumbled onto clickbait
0: yes so that's what that's what, uh, NBC got me they got me again so I was going I want to tell you the headline that I read and just see if you can even kind of tell me a story and how close it'll be to what this stupid article was about okay.
1: I mean, it's better than Matt Lauer from NBC getting you again, because I mean, apparently he has a sex dungeon. <laughs> he so. does like to
0: get them. Wait, I thought he got the ladies. I, this isn't a Kevin Spacey situation, is it?
1: I mean I couldn't say. I, I mean, who knows? Once
0: you're into one thing, it just snowballs <laughs> from there. Um, all right, <laughs> no, no, snowballs. don't, don't, no, moving on, moving on. I was really, I chose my words poorly. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna read this headline. You give me just a brief story of what you think it might be about. And not just repeating the headline back to me, because I can foresee you doing that. So the headline is, 227 pounds of contraband baloney seized. I don't even fucking know what right? that could possibly how, be. How do you not click on that title? So just give me just like literally five words that is that story. Besides uh, the fact that 227 pounds of contraband baloney was seized
1: bologna that has been laced with some sort of drug i right. don't really understand no what.
0: right that's a that's a reasonable guess that's what i thought i was like oh this is or like canadian bologna I don't really understand. also a good guess but you know we live in you know modern times so it's about the mexicans so oh. what it ended up being that was, was my second that was my second that was your next role it was super yes. lame so uh this lady driving in f- across the border had obviously a bunch of baloney in her car and she they were like do you have anything with you today ma'am no i don't have anything traveling with me and it just so happened they only check i've drove across a few borders a handful of times and they only check like every freaking hundredth car they don't check everyone well they got it
1: necessarily if you're a fucking bunch of like like, i think i've told you this story i've never told on the podcast though um there was one time because basically my friends and i we used to live in upstate new york or we we obviously still do but like Mm -hmm. much further upstate like like an hour from the border Mm -hmm. to canada and, like, there was always, like, basically the best shows. We, we basically, we'd, we'd make constant trips, like, every week. Usually, like, a couple times a week down to Albany, which is, like, a three-hour trip for us. Yeah. To see, like, hardcore shows. Um, but, like, for the big shows, we'd go to Montreal. And, like, when we were going for AFI, um, it was, like, a week before uh, my friend Ty had gone and gotten stuck to immigration. When he was going, to, I think it was, like, No Effects and Lagwagon. Mm-hmm. And so he was, like, terrified. And then, like, we all, we just got through, like, no problem. And then, like, so the next time we went though, we were not as lucky. We're like, we were going to MXPX, and sadly, good Charlotte. And um, yeah. we were going, we, we were like, we were like at the thing, and almost instantaneously, the guy told us to pull an immigration, <laughs> and we were literally sat there for hours. And I could not figure out why, because like, looking around me, uh-huh. I was like, it looks a lot of people who, it would make sense for them to like check out, like not in like a racist way, but yeah. like whatever. And we we're like five white kids, so I'm like, what the fuck. And then I realized, like, my, my friend Brian had, like, uh, dyed blonde hair. Uh, my friend Ty had dyed black hair. My friend Gareth had dyed blue hair. My brother had uh, dyed red hair, and I had a mohawk. And I was like,
0: uh... So you're just you're <laughs> a bunch of hoodlums, and they were like, these guys are up to no good. I bet they're so, yeah, PCP so it, in it really it this depends
1: how you look.
0: <laughs> well, in this scenario, the way the article made it sound was just a normal lady. And uh, they found uh, 227 pounds of, like, really, you know, like, the, the really crappy deli bologna that's all in that huge tube with the red casing? It was all that. I used to work at a deli, so yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that stuff. (laughs) Uh, you know, all they did, she got a thousand dollar fine, they, they took the bologna, and, uh, the reason for it being contraband was because certain items, not Mind you, not all meats and not all vegetables. Certain meats and vegetables, baloney on the list, uh, were potent- potential to introduce foreign diseases. They were like, no, That's not fair. not today, lady. Not you and your Your lunch meat. You get out of here. Well, I mean, they literally got. She didn't get arrested, but yeah, thousand dollar fine. I had to click on that article. I think I think that was justified <laughs> to find out what that had to be about fair,
1: I guess. I just, I, mean, I
0: don't clickbait, click but that's me. Oh, he got me. And it well, the article was by, I think, I think, yeah, it, the article was by NBC and I was on, like, the homepage for the, our browser at work is msn.com, so I was going yes. through MSN. Of course it is. And I was like, NBC, there's no way this could be phony. It was a bunch of baloney. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> um, and, I, and I just wanted to ask you about that. Okay, so Today, we are going to talk, prepare yourself, a lot about wrestling, and a little bit about whatever else we have time for, if anything else, because that can usually get out of hand. So, do you want to start with your pitch, or would you like me to tell you what I experienced?
1: You can go with your experience, and I'll get to my pitch if you'd like.
0: Okay, we'll start there. So, I am going to Royal Rumble January, talked about this a thousand times, and, uh, actually I really considered the other day... Cause the NXT tickets went on sale, and I was like, "Oh my
1: god, I should put, totally buy these." i was like, "Hey, let me look at the rumble tickets." I'm like, "Oh my god, these are way <laughs> more expensive." And then I'm just like, and it was just like, well, and then there's Raw and SmackDown. I'm like, I really want to do this, but this will cost me at least fifteen hundred in tickets before I even get to the actual like gas and oh, yeah. like <laughs> uh, time committed uh, to it. Yeah, uh, is it
0: was is the one you're talking about the NXT one like in Philly?
1: Well, what they yeah, what they do is. Basically, WWE changed their business model a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I think SummerSlam was the pilot program. Mm-hmm. Basically, what they do now is um, for like the big shows like uh, Survivor Series, um, Royal Rumble, uh, WrestleMania. Um, I think now Money in the Bank and SummerSlam, they do um, NXT show on Saturday. They do the pay per view on Sunday, and then they do uh, Raw and SmackDown all in the same building.
0: Oh, shit. Okay, so that's what JJ was talking about, because JJ, one of the guys I'm going with, was like, dude, the NXT uh, tickets went on sale for the night, for because Sat- we're going down Saturday and just hanging out in Philly, and then Sunday doing the show. He's like, we almost bought them, and I was like, really? How much were they? I would do that? And then he's like... They're not They're not expensive. He was like, yeah, they sold out while I was deciding. So, we're not going to that. I was like, well, we can go try to scalp tickets, I guess. I mean, you know, who knows? We- hub. Yeah, we can Stub Hub it. We can do something, and, uh... So we might go to NXT, but anyways, moral of the story is going to Royal Rumble, and I've talked on here a few times about how I've, I'm kind of trying to get into wrestling, not get into it like follow it weekly and all this, but get into it as in understand what the uh, media landscape of wrestling is about. Right, that's fair. Like, I don't know what the fuck that means. It's like, <laughs> okay. it's like... You sound like fucking, you sound like fucking cards right
1: now. We're no, just no. like, I need to understand what makes wrestling cool for people. No, like, I mean... It's in... like robots approaching it. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: no, I mean, like, from, like, a sport aspect. So I'm not going to start following the Patriots, but it's well, cool to know the players' names, their stats, like, what makes them interesting.
1: Well, that's, like, the whole thing of, like, uh, Max Landis, and wrestling is the wrestling. We're just like, it's, at no point, pretends to be an athletic competition, it's a TV show about a wrestling show. Hey, bu- right. Yeah, yeah, so, that's yeah. true.
0: So I want to understand the stories, or in this specific scenario, because you told me to watch the latest uh, Raw stuff and, like, get, get you know, why not get caught up and then try to follow it up until R- Royal Rumble? Well, when they came, it just turned into, let's all check out each other's favorite matches. So, yay. So I'm getting closer to caring. It's definitely, th- and I'll tell you why, maybe you'll understand. So I'll start off with this. J.J.'s favorite wrestler of all time, unequivocally, you can't even... There's no doubt, is, um... I can only remember one of his names, and I really want to get his main name, so give me just two seconds while I talk my way through this, and he played if a lumberjack a... and stuff. Mankind! I can't remember his name.
1: Oh, okay. He didn't play a lumberjack. Texas Jack just happened to wear a fucking flannel. That doesn't mean... The yeah,
0: equal a to lumberjack. <laughs> um, What's his name? I can't... It's. Mick Foley. Mick Foley. That is JJ's favorite He's my thing. favorite wrestler of all time. Yeah, be. he's his he he goes so hard for him. So we watched Oh, don't let it be the Hell in the Cell. Please don't
1: let it be the Hell in the we Cell. We watched
0: yeah. Hell in the Cell, Him versus Undertaker. Yeah. And
1: That's not a match. That was the start of this fucking Spot Fest. Well, <laughs> well no, like,
0: so that helps me that helps you understand A, what these guys are willing to do. B well, yeah, yeah, yeah
1: I get that, but I'm just saying like There is no psychology of that match. Oh, no, 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 no. That doesn't help you
0: understand the script and the, like, masterfulness. That helps you understand, like, these guys are killing themselves almost literally for the sake of entertainment. And, B, shit can go wrong. So even though you're watching something that's scripted, people can still uh, audible and get injured pretty big and have to make adjustments. So in that match, oh, my God, I swear, I don't... Mick Foley should have never wrestled. He should be in an insane asylum. And not allowed out, cause so so in that match he he fucking th- dislocated his shoulder. He
1: yeah, basically that ugh. match is basically built around. One planned spot, <laughs> one accidental spot, yeah. and then, like, basically is fumbling until they could get to the finish. Oh, my it God. It starts with him getting thrown off the cell. Well, that
0: wasn't... It, J.J. was telling me that's not even how that was technically supposed to start. Like, no, 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 that was planned. That okay. was the whole thing. Well, like, but that it was, was planned. planned by McFoley and Undertaker, yes. not by the wwe like they oh, were no 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 that was like i mean i'm
1: sure vince had an idea because he's such a control freak that i don't think he'd let it happen otherwise
0: true but um but, like
1: because but no the thing that wasn't planned at all the unplanned spot was when he gets back up on the cell and he gets slammed through it yeah yeah that cell wasn't meant to give they, that's why now they're all reinforced yeah. so that can't happen ever again yeah but that that was at that point like they were just like it was meant to be just like a, like just your standard choke slam spot. Yeah. and he just hits <laughs> and the table. It went
0: so wrong. Oh my god! Well, so when he got thrown off, he wasn't supposed to get hurt that bad. But the table didn't collapse Im- like it was supposed to. It kind of like well, also he
1: didn't. Basically, Shane the man is smart when he jumps off the cell where he yeah. always tries to land on his like basically taking a bump, just a really big bump. Yeah. But, like, where you land flat. Yeah. So Mick Foley literally landed on his shoulder. Oh, my like if you God, you watch yeah. that, he literally goes down on his shoulder. So... Not all take a bump.
0: So, JJ's, like, walking me through this because he read, um, I'm sure you have as well, his uh, autobiography or whatever that he wrote. I've read them all. And, yeah. the docu- and the documentary about it or something. And uh, so, yeah, he dislocates his shoulder. And that was going to be the end, like, audible. Like, oh, my God, he killed him. We're going to call this match here. And then McFoley gets all, like, holding his... Like, this is not fake in any way. He's holding his shoulder, and he can't use it. And he's like, I'm gonna go get back on top of that thing. Undertaker's coming down. He's like, wait, is this guy serious? Okay, I guess I'm gonna get back up on top of this cage. Two huge men, who shouldn't be climbing anything, get up on top, and then, like Patrick said, lands him, and he goes right through the cage, falls a solid, what, 15 feet?
1: It was probably closer to, like, from the top of the cell to the actual mat. Yeah. I would say probably about 10 feet oh my but the problem God. was that it was also there was a time where um when we was doing a television product with nbc uh the guy thought <laughs> the guy who was in charge thought that the ring looked too fake when it was basically like bouncing spring in the pat yeah so it didn't so basically he,
0: just he hits plowed it plowed well, into and to make matters worse the chair that was up there comes down as well and clocks him <laughs> yeah. in the head and that's and the one time yeah. he was unconscious in that match. You know? Yeah. Oh, my. And then, you know what? That's not enough. Why? You know what? I'm waking up from being unconscious. My shoulder's out of socket, and I can barely move. Let's do a little bit more. That's when they start throwing the tacks on the ground. And Undertaker picks him up, chokeslam him into the tacks. At this point, I'm legitimately sitting there going, no, no. And then he gets back up, and I was like, okay, this is where it might turn. Like, maybe maybe Mankind will get something out of this. The minute... He did.
1: He got, he got legendary status and True. he became a main eventer. So... True.
0: But the minute Undertaker grabbed his throat a second time, all I went was, Oh, no! And just like, Yeah, it's gonna happen. And he chokeslams him into the tax again, and I just... I couldn't understand how this is a real thing that people do and it oh my god just to it's always but in fairness though it's always better when a guy wearing a shirt like is the mankind
1: character yeah he wore a shirt and also like a singlet so like it's always better when that happens when there's tax versus like i saw a spot a couple years ago when they were doing the feud between dean ambrose and chris jericho when chris jericho got thrown the tax and he has no extra gear yeah exactly uh, and I've also seen a spot where because uh, there was also a spot when Mick Foley and Randy Orton had a match it was actually one of my favorite matches ever where uh, Red Orton got thrown on the tax, and like whenever I see poor bastards without like extra gimmicks on get their on tax, I'm like that's so much worse because oh, like there is nothing between you and tax. There is just tax and uh,
0: play. So they that led into so what what that helped me understand was how was one aspect which I'll, will lead me into the second was one aspect of how real wrestling can be at moments like that where it's that is two men who are just. They want to put on a show, and if they do it successfully, they both know that their, notori- their notoriety keeps going up. Like, yeah, kind of fucking myself, but if this goes well, like if we pull this off, m- I'm g- like you said, I'm gonna become a main Carter. I'm gonna be a-, a headliner. I'm gonna be the big shit. So they try. Um, so that- that's the thing.
1: I remember like Mick has done it since then, where he's just like people say that the match that made maybe a main eventer. He's like, but people forget that I just did. I was in the same position I was before that for the next several months after that. True. It wasn't until they had the angle where he was the, he won the title, and then there was the feud with the Rock and everything. Because mm-hmm. um, really, in the end, if you really think about it, like that version of the Mankind character, like once they made him kind of really endearing and kind of focused on the Mick Foley a- aspect of Mankind, uh-huh. was kind of the perfect foil for the Rock because mm-hmm. the Rock at the time—I mean, it was when he was a heel—so the whole thing was that he was like. Kind of almost like a Ric Flair of the 90s, where it was just like nice suits and like this cocky attitude and blah blah. It's mm-hmm. so, like, who better to oppose him than like the regular guy? That's like, because they always made Stone Cold the regular guy, but like Stone Cold's he's not a, regular guy. He's like, a man's Stone, man. You man's man. You made it into like, you, you even said you, you repeatedly called him the toughest son of a bitch on the planet so that's not a regular guy that's the toughest son of a bitch on the planet I guess whereas like I remember there actually was a thing um, where uh, if you actually listen to the commentary on the Hell in a Cell match uh, JR had to correct himself at one point because he calls Mick Foley um, basically the toughest son of a bitch he's ever seen or whatever and he has to stop and pause he's like in this environment. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> in this because, specific
0: scenario. Sorry, sorry. Because, I wasn't being like, scripted. Vince, I was I'm being real sure there. Ass. Yeah, oh, exactly. yeah. Um, so, what that led into was uh, let me get a couple of the stuff we watched that I don't care about. So, we started watching a couple of Royal Rumbles um, to see if we could find one that no one could remember. Like, I want to see one that we can all watch kind of not, you know, for the first The ones first that people time, don't remember right. are not the good ones. No, no, I know, but there wasn't any. Everyone remembered a piece. So, we started one that everyone was like, I'm not sure. And then halfway through it, I was like, uh, "You know, hey, who's ever won from the number one spot? Like, has, has there been anyone there's talking there?" And I was like, "What about the number two spot?" Shawn like, Michaels. Yeah, and and um, so we're talking. And they're like, "What about?" I was like, Ray. "What about the number two spot?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, Ray Mysterio won at the," n-. and that was the one we were watching. Was where Ray came out at the number two spot. I was like, "Fucking you, spoiled it!" And now we- and so we canceled that. We watched a couple other ones and moved on. Um, then we got into, and you're I gonna
1: remember if Benoit was one or two, but I think Benoit was one. Uh, I he spent the longest time. They talked about it, but well, they, yeah, but they erased it because yeah, it yeah, like, redacted <laughs> like, like now they don't not say, like, they don't say him, but they're like, only two men, blah blah. It's like one of them was Shawn Michaels, yeah. they just kind of stopped talking, moving on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, oh, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Uh, And then, uh, so the last one, which we'll probably talk the most about because you'll probably get a little mad at me, uh, is we watched um, some CM Punk stuff. So, which was, it was excellent because CM Punk is James's favorite wrestler of all time. So we were talking about that. He's
1: my second favorite. Yeah,
0: and we talked back and forth. So, but what, but I kept asking, like, guys, I want to watch Shawn Michaels. He's the reason I've ever cared about wrestling because when I was younger, the theme song was fun as hell. And he wore the nice red pants and he did the nice kicks. He and he had the long hair like I did. Super like, kick! He he was he was what I wanted. And um so anyways, growing up that's who I wanted to be, you know, when you watch like a, a person on T V. So we watched what makes JJ cry every time, and I totally understand. I I understood the physics. Huh?
1: Was it the Ironman match?
0: Uh, I don't know. I'll go, t- ahead, go, okay. ahead, go ahead. Okay, so the the McFoley match made me understand the physicality that can be behind wrestling. That's not just scripted. Like, sure, these guys are athletes. That made it physical. What made it emotional was the uh, Ric Flair retirement okay. match.
1: Uh, okay, I figured it was either Ric Flair or or um, the Iron Man match. Which one's the Iron Man match? Um, the Iron Man match is the first ever Iron Man match where it was. Um, which th- now they pushed out and drives me insane. Like now whenever they do Iron Man, it's always like a half an hour. I'm like. Every match is a half an hour. It's a main event. Like, what the fuck? That's not an Iron Man match at all. But um, Iron, match, Iron Man matches in their traditional form, and like the one I'm talking about, was the whole point is it's an hour. You have two guys. Whoever gets the most falls, either pinfalls, submissions, disqualification, whatever, uh, in an hour wins the match and usually the belt. And um, to date, one of my favorite, probably not my favorite match ever, but one of my favorite matches ever is the first Iron Man match between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Because the thing is, like oh. Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart fucking hate each other, but they did spectacular work together.
0: Okay. Well, we I want to watch that one now. But what we watched, yeah, was the Ric Flair retirement match where whoever lost walked away, and uh, which they said what didn't actually happen. Like, Ric Flair just ended up going to some other company like immediately. He went to TNA. Yeah.
1: Because <laughs> he's, he's, he's a fucking obsessed... Like, until recently, he kept saying he'd get back in the ring. And I think now that he almost died recently, he's yeah. like, no, I'm good. I, I got this. Like, we're, like, don't, well, don't ever put me in the ring again. So
0: they put the match on, and JJ explains to me, like, this match makes me cry every time. And uh, I was like, really? And, and we're watching it, and I watched these two guys walk out. Michael's at the end of his career, and that's 20 years before what 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 Scott or, uh, what Ric Flair was at right there. So you watch these two older men, not I mean, Ric Flair. Flet- he was old. But Sean's not... He, he was, what, probably 40 at the time of that match? Yeah, Um Yeah, and Riff Flair's is getting close to 60, if not 60. And uh, so at first I kind of shrug it off, like, whatever. And then they start giving me more backstory to it and what this is about. And I'm like, okay, I can get into this. And then as you watch the match uh sean michaels goes to do the sweet chin music and he just stops he just doesn't I'm sorry i love you he, he, well no not to that part the middle of the match oh, okay. he goes oh, to okay. do it and he just stops and he stands in front of rick flair and rick flair just smacks him and jj's like yeah he was supposed to sweet chin music him there but he he didn't he, he didn't br- want to do it he couldn't bring himself to do it so i was like wait really or is this scripted he's like no no sean michaels actually chose to forego that specific kick so okay go. you what's going on And then, to bring it back to the physicality, match is going, Ric Flair way more agile than any 60-year-old man should ever be. Like, I was super impressed with how quick this guy was. Um, He comes at Shawn Michaels, and, like, Shawn's, like, leaning over the ropes, and just foot comes up fucking lightning fast and catches Ric Flair in the face. And I was like, okay, good sell. They played that thing back in slow motion. You watch his jaw, like sideways, skin flaps, and his whole body stays going forward while his head starts going back. That wasn't a sell. That was, he (laughs) caught him in the face with a swift kick and I was like, oh my god. A, I'm excited. Super kick! Shawn Michaels just super kicked the balls out of him. And B, that was amazing that this old man is able to do this and get right back up and go toe-to-toe continually. And then, yeah, as you already said, the very last, like, Ric Flair's mouth bleeding from getting hit and Like, they're both obviously exhausted. Shawn Michaels is in the corner, and he he does the pump once, and he starts, like, almost crying. He does the pump a second time, and it's really, like, welling up. And Ric Flair, like, looks up like puppy dog eyes, and he just says, I'm sorry, I love you. And fucking boom! Sweet chin music just right to his face again. Not a cell. Caught his chin hard. Ric Flair goes down, he gets on top of him, pins him, they do a really fast one, two, three, like no time wasted, one, two, three. And then they're both crying, and oh my God, that one showed me how real it can be on the emotional side of things. Like, yeah. that was raw emotion from two guys who, regardless of if the fact this just meant that, hey, I'm not on the show anymore, this was their livelihood entirely. And Ric Flair, as we pointed out earlier when he went to TNA, was not ready to walk away at all.
1: Yeah no, well that's the thing is like did you did they show you uh, the next two years?
0: No no they didn't. We the didn't have time. Two years we watched were, so much. Uh,
1: that was uh, the uh, basically because the, the next year was the whole thing was that uh, Shawn Michaels is like I've done everything. The only thing I haven't done is beat the streak. And so it was like so the we streak? faced the Undertaker oh. in one of the g- the greatest matches ever. Uh-huh. And then the next year speaking of the emotion, did he not beat was, the streak like, there? that's the thing no he didn't and that's the whole thing like the whole next year he's like basically saying like undertaker i want the fucking like i want another rematch and undertaker's like no and it's just like finally like it was at uh the match before the uh, elimination chamber where um the end of the match was basically uh chris jericho versus undertaker and Shawn michael's comes out from under the uh under the ring or under the grating whatever mm-hmm. uh, comes out super kicks uh, Undertaker in the face Chris Jericho pins him one two three and it's like basically it's like now you've pissed off Undertaker enough <laughs> that he's going to take you on for that, for that rematch and that was a match that basically has the exact same kind of story as it's basically a mix of the Ric Flair story and the Undertaker story uh-huh. or the, show, the regular Sean basically it's the whole thing is him basically being like I, it's like basically Undertaker being like I'm going to beat you down, but I don't want to do this to you. Yeah. Like, I don't want to end it. And Shawn Michaels being the guy that's like, if you're going to beat me, you're going to kill me. Like, that's yeah. the only way. Like, like, one of my favorite things is basically, like, he kicks out of one of the finishes, and then literally, like, grabs him, does like, the, like, the, like, does the, like little, uh, like, the Undertaker, like, the, uh, ah. Yeah. yeah. And so Undertaker just, like, okay, and, like, grabs him and, like, puts him the fuck down. Oh. And, that's, and that was the end. Like, that thing is, like, Shawn Michaels is a guy who, unlike Ric Flair... It meant more because he stayed away. He Even since then, they've tried to get him to do a bunch. They wanted him to work with Brian. He said no. They wanted him to work with um, Jericho. He said no. They wanted him to work with AJ this most recent year. He said no. It's like I don't think Sean's ever going to come back because Sean understands the value of what he did. That that Where ending was like,
0: like a perfect – like a, just an operatic ending because
1: because otherwise yeah because otherwise what's the fuck it, it cheapens it it's like yeah. the it's like the rick flair thing where it's like if you know that rick flair couldn't stay away it cheapens <laughs> that finish yeah whereas like the way it exists like with Shawn michaels like it it means something because that, that's why like the next year i really liked the whole thing was basically like triple h like one of my favorite things ever was like um triple h came back the same night undertaker came back and there was no words in the segment literally they both like look at the like uh wrestlemania sign it's all basically a challenge for wrestlemania with no words and they have the match and it's an awesome match that then leads to, like, the next year where basically they do it's the two of them hell in a cell with Shawn michael's special guest referee where it was deemed the end of an era Which would have been more if Triple H had stayed away. Fair enough. (laughs) But, like, they never fucking... It wasn't, like, the end of an era because, like, they they, they both kept working for the next several years until, like, last year where I hope to God Undertaker's finally done. He's done. He's gotta be done. I honestly... They went from saying he did retire to being, like, Roman Reigns might have retired the Undertaker forever. I'm just like, oh, for fuck's (laughs) sake, dude. Because, like, last year's WrestleMania is actually one of my favorite WrestleMania's ever, but it depresses the shit out of me to watch the main event because people blame Roman Reigns, but I was like, I honestly don't think anyone could have done it because Undertaker was a guy who, and somebody put it beautifully where they were like, he literally gave everything until he had nothing left. Yeah. And that's admirable. I'm like, you're not wrong. That is admirable. But if you had stopped one year <laughs> earlier, you yeah. would have left a far better legacy. Cause like, there's a one point in the match that it's depressing to watch because basically like, He can't... Like, basically, the whole spot is basically... um, Roman Reigns is supposed to give him the tombstone. Yeah. And... They try to do it, and Roman Reigns... Can't get him up, because Undertaker is basically dead weight. He's a
0: 320-pound dead weight. That's what I'm
1: saying. As strong as Roman Reigns is, people are blaming Roman Reigns. I'm like... The whole way power bombs work, Powerbombs work, all that shit works... Is the other guy is working with you, like they're going and they're controlling themselves and all
0: that shit. All you do is like support is, them when they're, once they're up. Yeah,
1: you're you're guiding them. It's a two man. It's a it's, it's a two way street. And I was like, Undertaker wasn't helping because he literally physically couldn't. Like he couldn't. His hip was so bad he couldn't get anywhere. He couldn't do anything. So it was like it was just depressing as fuck to watch. Yeah. And I was just like, honestly, I just want this to be over. I really don't like. I was like, I know they want him to leave on a better note than that, but I'm like. Just fucking leave it alone. Like you've yeah. made Roman Reigns, as much as you're going to, you've made like the Undertaker's fucking career. Like just, just let it be done. Like yeah. it's fine. Like just let it be done. Like I know they still, I, they've always wanted Cena for Undertaker, but I mean, I'm just like, just nope, let it be done. Nope, it's fine. you could,
0: you should have done that like five years ago. You're good. Yeah, you're good. Um, so yeah, so we watched that. Made it was wonderful. Uh, and then we also watched. I forgot to mention. We watched um TCL TLC. TLC. TLC was to...
1: Tables, ladders, and chairs. Because the
0: ladders is the last part. It makes sense to go at the end. It's uh, also...
1: T- tender Love, and Care, TLC, it's The also panel, like. Patrick,
0: no. I don't want no scrubs. Scrubs is Whatever. a guy that can't get no love Fine. from me, okay? Um, uh, so we watched that one where... Uh, I'm trying to remember who the people were. So the Hardys were in it. Uh... The Edge and Christian were in it. Oh, and the TLC match. Yes,
1: not the TLC pay per view. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. sorry, sorry. It yeah. was, yeah. There was. Did you watch the Mania one or the SummerSlam one? Did it have the ladder spear?
0: Yes, it had the dopest ladder the spear one. of all yeah. time. It's the
1: only one that ever happened. Okay. Apparently, Edge knocked himself out when he. Yeah, the yeah. Ground. That's what they like, kept saying. That was saying.
0: legit. When he does like the, stands he up and down. kind of starts <laughs> falling, he was like, "Oh God, I cracked my head off of the ground." Yeah, because um, that was the, whole thing, the yeah other that was two? The whole thing Who am is the, I
1: missing? It was yeah, it was the Hardys, Edge and Christian, the Dudleys.
0: The Dudleys, that's the that's who it was. Yeah, so we watched it that. It
1: Started with the first tag team ladder match at No Mercy, where it was uh, the Hardys versus Edge and Christian, where basically they did, they basically took what Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon did at WrestleMania ten and brought it to a whole different fucking level, and then at Mania that year they did the first triangle ladder match, basically TLC one, if you will. Um, where it was the Dudleys uh, the Hardy's and edge and Christian and then they rematched at SummerSlam for the first proper TLC where they actually called it TLC yeah and then TLC 2 was they've still done TLC matches ever since but that was the last time those three teams ever did okay okay
0: so that one was cool that was just a um, that was there was no like reason they were just like this is a good match let's throw it down and I was like okay yeah yeah why not uh, and play a match but oh yeah. <laughs> And then it's uh, like I, I literally
1: had this conversation the other day was like somebody about war games. Like uh-huh. there was like a, the most recent NXT uh, pay per view, uh, war games, and like um, basically they brought back a match that has never been seen in WWE. It was something that only exists in WCW and NWA, mm-hmm. and it was something that Vince didn't bring over, um, but Triple H always wanted to do, and they finally did. Where basically, it's like you take two ca- t- take two rings uh, t- and surround them in a cage. And then have everybody like basically either uh, two teams of four or in this case three teams of three just fucking kill each other, and it's not a match; it's a spectacle. And, okay. then, and I'm not
0: saying it's a bad spectacle, yeah. but it's it's not a match. <laughs> like, so like because anything was, like, can like, happen you know, to those sort of things. It's not like a, a feud of two guys against each other. It's just like all right. Get, well, no, get it was it a on. built
1: story. It was it was a good feud, but it was just it's not a it's a, it's not a match. It's basically just a bunch of awesome shit. Like it's okay. not like you're like there's no psychology to it. It's just um. I said, like, the match of the night was Alistair Black versus Velveteen Velvet Dream. They were like, no, nah, man, War Games. Like, War Games wasn't a match. Yeah. <laughs> like, War Games was a spectacle. It was an awesome spectacle, but it's not a match. That's my thing with, like, the TLC matches, where, like, they're awesome, don't get me wrong, but they're not matches. So, like, there's just, like, there's no psychology. It's just, like, let's kill each other and do cool shit. <laughs> like, I mean, they lived let's up have to Jeff it. jump off shit. Oh, no, totally. Yeah. amazing. <laughs> but, like, uh, let's have Jeff jump off some shit. Like, let's have, like, some big-ass table spots. Like, blah, 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 blah. So, like... They're awesome, but they're not matches in my. Mind. I
0: think I think I'm missing something because we also uh, Jeff and James went to WrestleMania. Uh, which one? It was it was years ago. We watched another match. I don't remember, but not important. So then then they wanted to show me because James loves CM Punk. They showed me first the um the what you call right. it the where he the ta- the bank match no 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 Cena? where he's talking uh, on the mic calling out Vince and saying oh the Python yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah he's like and they'll be better when he's dead and I was like oh that's crazy you can't say that so. They showed me that, uh, which was a cool little monologue. They shut the mic off. That was awesome. Uh, into the thing,
1: a lot of people thought that was legit. I'm like, it was very clearly not because he was very. It was clearly. It was clearly a work shoot where, like, because there are certain phrases he could have used that he didn't. Yeah. That I'm like, I like, he didn't say UFC. He didn't say TNA. Like, there was a lot of things. He he. I'm not saying he didn't. There wasn't pushing the envelope yeah but he wasn't pushing it over the fucking edge yeah. he was just like he mentioned like ring of honor and blah blah, yeah. blah. i'm like which is cool and like brock lesnar which wasn't allowed at the time and john Laurinaitis, which wasn't allowed. Like, there was not like there's a lot of shit that like at the time wasn't it was all known but it wasn't yeah. like it was it was basically like if you're an internet fan yeah um but it wasn't like people thought it was legit i'm like it's not fucking legit
0: yeah. bro like, and uh that yeah. was cool it was it was you know i'm not a big fan of that part of wrestling but that was cool and then uh, they showed me the match of him versus Cena which
1: yeah that which is the one of my favorite matches
0: I've it's heard. a it was a good like story a phenomenal ending and cool twist but as far as i could tell a pretty crappy like match like they every now and well, again it, we kept okay. laughing because of how not laughing at them just laughing at the fact that they didn't notice it before of how many times something got botched um like let's think. Oh, a
1: that was the that, that was a problem Cena had for a long. Yes, time. yeah. The that, thing, I'm he not. He could take that a GTS to save his goddamn life. Yeah. That's why they're always just like, oh my god, he took it in the ribs. He took it in the ribs. Yeah. I'm like, because he couldn't take <laughs> it like the right way. Because <laughs> like, he messed
0: up. Uh, like yeah, exactly. uh, CM Punk. Uh, one time, he uh, Cena picked him up for who knows what move, because I'm not good at this, and CM Punk was supposed to flip over him, land on his feet, and grab him and flip him down to pin him, and he just lands right on his ass, and he's like, oh, shit, oh, that's right, and then he grabs him, and it flowed fine. Uh, there was, like, two more instances of very similar things where uh, uh, CM Punk was reversing a move and kind of, like, got off. Whoever's fault it is, it doesn't matter. Um, it was just, like, the first match where that stuff was noticeable for me, because I just spent like three hours watching all these different matches with accidental things but not that kind of accidental things and uh so that match was awesome but the ending was was really really cool cause uh plus the, the crowd yeah the crowd's That's going the, insane the reason
1: that Wrestlemania X8 uh The Rock versus Hulk Hogan uh. works that match is not good at all. But uh-huh. the reason everybody remembers it being awesome was because the crowd was so fucking. Well, into they it.
0: they made me be quiet. They're like, hold on, shut up, shut up, turn the volume on TV way up, and just as soon as exactly. John Cena's music came on, duh, 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 the crowd just flipped the fuck out and just started booing and throwing. And there's constant chants uh, going on, saying like, "Cena sucks," and uh, what did, what was it? There was one about CM Punk, like, "greatest ever" or something. I don't remember what. the
1: Best in the world. Best in
0: the world. Yeah, they're going and going. So, yeah, that was a cool match. Um, I liked the ending the most, and then they were like, yeah, that day he signed his contract, so. Uh, kind of made it a little weirder, but it worked in the moment, because you well, didn't know that. Well, look, apparently that was the whole thing, is that
1: basically he was like, apparently, not even that day, like that night, like yeah. probably like an hour and a half before the thing where started, he yep. was still negotiating. That's what they said. And I guess Vince's exact words were like, you've got me over a barrel here, <laughs> <laughs> where it's just like, last thing is like, Punk had said he just like, he originally, he was, he was gone. He was just, like, they, they, like, wanted him to re-sign. He was, like, I don't want to re-sign. And, um, so that was the whole thing, was that, like, Punk was gone, and then, um, basically they had made concessions and whatever. Not not to the same extent that he was, like, joking about, where it's, like, in the promos, where it's, like, CM Punk the movie, and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Um, but, like, it was basically about him getting to where he was, and, like, where he should be. And, like, and that's only is like, um but he ended up ended up quitting anyway. But yeah, how much more I did mean, he go on
0: after? So the end of that one, 3 years. Uh, Vince sends a guy out like, "Okay, take care of this John. We're not going to let you or take care of this so John will win. We're not letting this John freaking spears that guy hard. And then I thought this was a little anticlimactic, but he he spears him hard and then he he's, you know, flags down Vince saying, "No, I'm doing this myself." And immediate finisher and pin and over. I thought maybe like two or three more moves. Like maybe John getting the upper hand one more time and then CM Punk winning. Either way, that was an awesome ending. It just and then CM Punk jumps out the stage, sprints through the crowd, walks his way through, and just what wait, does he blow a kiss goodbye or something? What did yeah. he do?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He blows a kiss to Vince McMahon as he like goes up the ramp with the belt. Yeah.
0: Oh, that was yeah, that was pretty freaking cool. That was a good match. But so the, I feel like I have obviously a lot more to watch. I really want to watch a lot of Triple H stuff because uh, he's awesome. He's a big. He's no. He's he's an. Adonis. I mean, he's gotten.
1: I, I I appreciate him more in the last couple of years. Like because like for a long because like he's the one that basically killed Punk's momentum after that because they did a, like a SummerSlam rematch with Cena and uh, Punk that Punk won again and Punk was like white hot like he was like the hottest guy in wrestling and then he had to match triple h and then triple h just fucking like just stopped that momentum cold by beating him like what the fuck was the point of that other than satiating your ego like what the fuck but um in recent years like triple h has been like he put over um seth Rollins at last year's mania he put over roman reigns um a couple years before that like he worked with uh dean ambrose and like put him pretty far over he he made stangle Cook a million bucks like in this stage of the game, where he's like he knows what his role is, where basically he's the guy producing NXT and then basically the, the crown prince of WWE, like he's about to take over NXT, uh-huh. or he he does NXT, he's gonna, he's poised to take over WWE. He's like more down to be like the basically this guy who's making guys by letting them beat him, mm-hmm. rather than just being because that was like that's like um He didn't watch Survivor Series, but um the end of Survivor Series was fucking brilliant <laughs> because um. Basically, the whole thing was that basically he put himself on Team Raw, and Max the point that like because basically the whole ending of the match is basically he screws over uh, Kurt Angle, who was like the team captain of Team Raw, and has Shane pin him hmm. basically um, to kind of like whatever, and then ends up pitting Shane whatever, and then like Braun Strowman gets pissed, so he's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" and literally like chokes him down, and there's like tears in his eyes, and I was just like, "See, that's perfect because like." triple h basically trying to put himself over at the expense of a young guy and only to be caught and like exposed the coward it's the most triple h thing to ever happen and i was just like exactly like he, he at least at this point seems to understand the character well enough yeah that like because that was the whole thing is like the thing that max points out where just like he's a guy that like in his own head is like this badass like king of kings but like in reality is a scared child like that only cares about like basically like being at the top or at the very least picking the guy at the top. Yes, like... being
0: responsible for the guy at the top.
1: Exactly. So yeah. So, uh, like, I lied. We did watch one more match.
0: Awesome. I asked. Okay. I asked specifically to watch a Shield match, and we watched. Um, it was Shield versus maybe that was the match with Triple H. No, no, no. That uh, Batista. Was in it... Yeah. Uh, the, the, tri- yeah. yeah it was Triple the H. Shield versus
1: Evolution. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched that one, where fucking Dean Ambrose just jumps off the goddamn... No, 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 that no, was Rollins. Rollins. Sorry, Rollins jumps off, hits Dean Ambrose, Triple H, and... Uh, uh,
1: it was it was uh, Randy Orton, Triple H, and uh, Batista.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He hit... <laughs> which one did he hit? Hit, hit Evolution. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he hit two of them that way uh, uh, Roman Reigns could... Wait. could uh, pain are you about
1: extreme guy? rules or did, 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 titantron or was it the like um like the stairs
0: stairs jumped off the stairs oh okay so it was extreme rules yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah. it wasn't the titantron he jumped off no. of? then okay yeah it, that was just uh randy orton and triple h yeah and, and then batista Ambrose. takes gets taken out by roman reigns yep
0: and that was awesome because i love mm-hmm. roman reigns and i love bautista which they were all like why do you love bautista which i like saying his name like that don't correct me uh, and I was like, oh, because he plays Drax, and that's pretty ballin'. And they were well, like, the okay. Thing, I
1: never liked Batista as a wrestler. It's so, like when they first started casting him and think, he's an actor. I'm like, oh, for Christ's sake. And then, like, I now really like him as an actor. Well, wasn't so, like, he, he pretty good a... in Blade Runner? You no, know, I like him. I'm saying I like no, him no, as an yeah. actor. No, no, yeah. He
0: was good in that, though, right? Like, he he had yeah. his part was pretty...
1: Yeah, no, I, li- I like him now. It's so, like when they brought him back as a wrestler, I'm like, well, let's see what happens here. Yeah. And then, like, um... Uh, oh no, this is the same old bullshit. <laughs> and then, um that's the thing, is like people don't know but like, it became a storyline, but like the whole thing was basically like the plan was to have Batista as the big baby face taking on Randy Orton at like taking the belt from him at Mania. But the problem is that everybody wanted Daniel Bryan and nobody wanted Batista as that guy. So basically like people shit all over Batista and God bless Batista and god I mean Vince finally acquiesced. and was just like, okay, it's fine. We're gonna do a triple threat at Mania, mm-hmm. and Batista was the one that put over Brian Danielson. Like he was, he tapped out and everything. Like yeah. It was like, so I'm like, God bless him, because like I was like, most dudes don't have like they, their ego is too massive to do that. So Especially was like, in God the bless WWE, it.
0: yeah, I'm sure.
1: It yeah, wasn't. So you were like, telling uh, yeah. me about
0: a match that legitimately went a different way because the guy didn't want to lose. You were telling me about something like that. Uh, I'll try to remember it. Um, okay. Where? Because I was asking, like, do they ever go? like so say someone's scripted to win do they ever go off script and not allow it and you you told me one moment where it happened
1: well there was well, I remember there was one time that, I don't remember told you this story but like there was like it's kind of a notorious thing that Shawn Michaels was a huge dickhead his first run that's legit um and there was i guess um basically at uh, WrestleMania 14 was the match where he retired and everything mm-hmm. um but his match with Austin where he like dropped the title to Austin i guess this is a story that has been told alleged um, let's
0: just say it's alleged
1: No, it's been told by the people involved. Oh, okay. But it's like, I wasn't there or anything, but um, apparently Undertaker walked to Gorilla, which is basically the position, like, right right as you walk in and out, it's like that where the curtain is, that's Gorilla position. Basically, walked to Gorilla, taped his fists, waited, watched the end of the match, watched the three count, untaped his fists, and walked back. Because I guess he was basically prepared that if, like, Shawn Michaels didn't do what he was supposed to do and the, take the pinfall and be done. Yeah. Like, he would have kicked the shit of him when he arrived backstage. Oh, dear God.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, that kind of shit happens. Like, uh, apparently, Shawn Michaels was known enough to be the guy to not allow it, and he's ready to take care of some biz.
1: Well, that was like the whole thing with uh, Brett Michaels and Shawn. Like, that was the whole thing is that, like, the whole reason, like, was that Brett. I will give people their side of it. We're basically, um, there was a whole thing at Survivor Series uh, 97, where basically Brett was saying, he's going to WCW. He's just like, I'm okay with dropping the belt, but not in Canada. I will not lose it in Canada. And Vince was like, your last night is in Montreal. Like, we can't not have you drop the belt. And he's like, I'm not dropping it in Canada. And I guess Triple H's exact words were, if he's not going to do business, we're going to do business for him. And the whole thing was that basically, it was known to everybody but Bret Hart, apparently, that there was a spot in the match where basically uh, Sean was going to put him in the sharpshooter, Mm -hmm. and then Brett was going to grab his ankle and reverse it into another sharpshooter. Um, As soon as Sean gets the sharpshooter locked on, Earl Hebner, the referee, calls for the belt. Brett is staring there like, what the fuck just happened? Mm -hmm. Uh, Spits in Vince McMahon's face legitimately, smashes a bunch of shit at the side of the stage, walks backstage. I guess Vince is like um i want to talk to you whatever he's just like i'm gonna take a shower if you're still here when i come come out you're gonna get hurt and so vince, so true his word bret hart took a shower came out vince was still there apparently he punched him so hard um he came off his feet and sprained his ankle <laughs> yeah that's terrible <laughs> I and mean, he's not a small but dude yeah. either no yeah so like that's that's an example of like where shit did not i mean it went it's planned for everybody but bret hart. Yeah but but yeah and i was like i do get both sides of it like it was a shitty thing to do but at the same time i do get the side of like yeah he had said to vince like he was okay with dropping it anywhere but canada but how the fuck do you know that like that's
0: not that's not how business works like things just go a certain way you got to roll with it especially when you sign but honestly
1: that fucking gave birth in a lot of ways i mean the attitude era was already existing Mm -hmm. but it basically gave birth to the best era of the attitude era because from there, you had Vince Man as the evil boss for Stone Cold to go up against, yeah, which didn't exist before that. So it's like, if that didn't happen, we wouldn't have gotten the boom, probably. So I Was mean, any I, of
0: the uh, that you're aware of... Um, oh, I have something to tell you. Uh, was any of kid. the stuff that you were aware of with Stone Cold real at all? Because just because Preface, growing up, well, that was, was the one thing you knew, like, wrestling was this. There's lots of choreographed. They're fighting. That's cool. And Stone Cold breaks shit. That was what I knew as a 10-year-old, like, oh, this guy doesn't care. He'll, he'll smack you with a table, and it looks more real because it's not happening on stage. Like, that That was all I knew of Stone Cold.
1: The only thing that was real was when he quit. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> basically the whole thing was, I guess, he was, like, he was told... It was basically right when they were trying to basically crown Brock as, like, the guy mm. um, before he quit. Um... And it was like they the whole plan I guess when Stone Cold showed up that night was Brock's going to beat you uh, and he's just like with no build up we're just going to do a fucking Brock Lesnar Stone Cold match and Brock's going to beat me. He's like I'm not doing that. And they're like no yes you are. And he's like no I'm fucking not. And he walked out and went home. Jesus. <laughs> and like they brought up for like the longest time that Stone Cold took his ball and went home and then eventually he came back and everything. Yeah. But that was the whole, like that was legit. But other than that all the stone-cold shit was bullshit it was just it's the same thing as anything else Rest. in wrestling. yeah
0: yeah that's fair so what i was gonna tell you i don't know if i told you this already i, I think i might have texted you it um i went and did a photo shoot with my wife oh yeah i texted yeah. you it that morning because i was so excited yeah. uh so i went and did a photo shoot a wedding photo shoot with my wife uh spoiler alert yeah i'm handsome terrible model not good at doing the poses and stuff i don't enjoy it doesn't make me feel comfortable it's not my jam franny a plus she could do basically anything just like hey do this and move a little bit like this and and her pictures looked phenomenal but uh the lady who was in charge of her hair and makeup worked for wwe for 20 years traveling with them and uh so i like held back asking questions i was like yeah i don't really watch it my buddies are super into it and i'm trying to get to, to understand it. like i'm going to royal rumble for a wedding gift for a friend and so as the night's going on, I ask her a few more questions. I'm like, "Did you, did 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 you ever uh, work with Shawn Michaels?" And she's like, "Yeah, yeah. He was he was, uh, he was a good guy, normal guy." I was like, "Oh, oh my God, really?" So what you're telling me is he was he was a good guy when he found Jesus. Yeah, he was yeah. Good guy before towards that. the end of his career. Um, <laughs> yes. And I started asking her all these different questions, like um, stuff you're well aware of. That, but I was a little caught off guard with, like, yeah, even the low end guys signed three hundred thousand dollar contracts, but they're fully in charge of travel they're fully in charge of hotel food everything so that 300 grand turns into like an actual 70 grand takeaway when you're done doing the constant shit you're forced to do um so she was talking about that and then i asked her who the nicest person she ever worked with was and she said oh god what was her name uh it's a her uh talia is that her name
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, You mean Natalia?
0: Natalia, yeah. She's like.
1: Nettie Neidhart, yeah.
0: She's like, she's the nicest person. She thanked me every time we were done with hair and makeup. She was the only one who actually, like, talked to me on a real level. Like, all the other people would make small talk, but this girl apparently cared about, like, all the staff. She's a great, great person. If you don't like her as a wrestler, shut your mouth. She's wonderful. Oh, really?
1: Yeah, she's Jim Nandel Neidhart's daughter with uh, Bret
0: Hart's sister. Bret Hart's the one, one who passed sisters. away from the fall. No, Bret Hart's still alive. Owen Hart's. <laughs> the Owen Hart's the one who fell. Okay, I'm learning. Does Bret yeah. Hart still wrestle? He can't. He's he's broken down. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah, I just thought that was super cool. So I asked her little questions like, any of the relationship stuff, like real and whatnot. She's like, yeah, it's pretty much all fake. Like everything. I mean, sure, there's moments where they're sleeping together, but it's usually not translated into the ring. It's it's all fake. And I was like, oh okay except for edge and lita well yes yes that um yeah dude she like cheated on someone with matt hardy yeah Yeah, you can't do that you just can't you know you gotta
1: you just and the best part of that was fucking matt's the one that got fired
0: yeah he's the one who got fucked in all aspects of life there Um, no not
1: technically because edge was getting fucked pretty well and his edge isn't
0: even wrestling anymore hardy's still there
1: Well, yeah, but also Edge is because he literally can't. Like, they literally could not get him insured ever again. Ah. Because they basically, they had him tested, I guess, the night after uh, WrestleMania, and they found that basically he has a condition, I I think it's called spinal stenosis, Mm -hmm. where basically, like, it it could happen at any time. I mean, it could happen in his regular life, too. But, like, if he takes a solid enough hit and follows, Mm -hmm. he could at any point just completely... Oh powerless. okay,
0: damn yeah no don't don't do that don't don't do yeah. that, um <laughs> Jesus all right, well yeah so today's uh, original plan was a little different than this but we've gone fifty minutes just talking about just wrestling so I think that's a good uh caper to move on in to the games which it's never you been want me to do my pitch but okay no fine. no we'll save that because I have also something I want to do so that'll take another like fucking forty five minutes at least so um fine. it has never been more appropriate. To start the song than it is right now. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> So, uh, let's move into Who's Who. Uh, I got my list up here. I, for some reason, I had a J thing oh, yeah. going. And I will say, uh, as this is an
1: aside, like my, I don't know, kind of girlfriend now, like it was like when I first like was hanging out with her, mm-hmm. um, was like, I think, I don't know if you remember, and we've talked about it before, but I was like, I like, recently, because like, I was just like, the night that Punk won, mm-hmm. And also Brian Danielson won at my Bank. I told her, I was just like, I knew she was, like, she was into me at the time. And, like, at the time, I was not, like, so much. But, like, uh, I was like, if you ever want to take sexual advantage of me, now's the time. Because <laughs> I was just like, this is the happiest I've been in this in quite a long time.
0: <laughs> I'll do anything. You tell you say the word, and I'm there. Uh, that's hot. It's a hot way to live, Patrick. Uh, All right, so, yeah, for some reason when I was making these who's who's today, I just, uh, J's, J names just kept popping into my head. So there's no rhyme or reason to why these are the way they are. But, uh, who's who, and and not from a male-female perspective, but from a personality perspective, who's who, Jack Skellington and Sally.
1: I'm clearly Jack Skellington, you're clearly Sally.
0: In what way, good sir?
1: Um, I mean, Jack Skellington's the one that makes the plans. Like that's, so that's not one. Thing that's right not there. all
0: he's about. That's not literally all Jack's known for. Hey, have you that's seen a big Nightmare Part Court of what Christmas? he's known for?
1: What's he's the about? guy that even the mayor goes to for the fucking plans. That's specifically um,
0: for organizing Halloween. You're you're reaching here, good.
1: And sir. and fucking Christmas for that matter, So, okay. two holidays. <laughs> holiday. That's not
0: the point. Okay. Anyway, they're literally holiday towns. That's literally the
1: entire. That's everything. Continue. Um, like also like the fact that like I get I okay I don't want to put this in a way that doesn't make me sound horrible. Too late. Uh, um, I I put things. In, like, basically when i'm trying to do things i don't really think about anything other than those things and like ignore others and their issues when i'm like so it just, okay. like, it's just like it's all the name of enacting that, like whatever's in my head so
0: like when when you're getting it on with the lady and you feel like it's time for butt play you just go for about. it instead of asking and then it's there's shock I'm it all, all from the whole crowd
1: I'm just saying, if you notice, like at Comic Con and good, shit, like I yeah. was just, like, I was not concerned with you guys. I was just like, this is what needs to happen. We need to get like this needs to like whatever. That's a good it point. Just, like... I, I
0: will give you. I will give you that point. Um, the only point, so the obsessiveness is something I have, not in regards to how it affects other people. So that's a that's that's a better plus for you. Uh, the torturedness of Sally is more accurate to you and your. Uh, romantic uh, history versus mine. So that's why I was thinking Sally for you. Um, your desire to not be contained is much more uh, than mine. Which... That's both of them, though. That's both of them. No, 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 no. I know. I'm talking specifically Sally, though, but that's definitely both of them. Um, you know, you, you're, no, you don't control me, so I'll poison you to get out of here, sort of a thing. That That's, I'm more so like, yeah, I'll just deal with the dungeon. I'll take the dungeon. Um, so yeah, in that regard, I don't work with either of them. Uh, my singing voice is so good, so that gives me, I guess, Sally, because she sounds good in that, in that movie. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I'll take Jack and Sally. Uh, I the, I only thing I can't get behind with uh, Sally is how like um. No, I guess I can get that de- with how down she is, like depressed she can be, because I've been like that lately. It hasn't been so bad, going through a minor existential crisis, but nothing like it used to be. So yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'll take Sally, Jack and Sally. That's fine. Um, just because I, I'm only conceding because I have, you have more to Jack and Sally and I have less to both, but I have dramatically less to Jack and more to Sally. Make sense? Yes. Okay. Uh, which, yeah, I just, I don't know why, but lately, like the idea of getting up and going to work to come home, to do it again the next day has just been eating at me. I don't get it. It it doesn't, I shake it pretty well, but especially with my current job. Fucking, I just, ah, I just can't. Dude, I literally, on on
1: Thanksgiving when I was working, I literally had said out loud where I was just like, I left my family, like my niece and everything, to come here to do this. I was like, I'm literally putting a price on my own misery right now. Yeah. I was just like, granted it's a pretty high price, so I'm getting paid double time and a half. True. But, but I'm still putting a price on my own misery and that's fucked up. Yeah. I was just like... I'm doing something that not only do I want, not want to do, but every fiber of my being is telling me, like, what the fuck am I doing here? I should leave. Yeah.
0: And I'm doing it because of money, and that's fucked up. I've been going through that a little bit, especially with Franny, because, like, this place offers great insurance, and I can't walk away from that, And because, uh, you know, she's she's got the, the disease... Uh, she's got... I know, AIDS. <laughs> yeah, AIDS? mostly. Uh, yeah, so, like, with her diabetes and how expensive just, like, cost of materials is, I just, I don't know. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Let's move on. So, part, part two of Who's Who. Jackie Chan and Jet Li. This one's pretty uh, easy. <laughs> you're definitely Jackie Chan
1: I'm Yeah, definitely yeah. Definitely that, Jet Li. <laughs> I,
0: in my head when I typed that one in, I was thinking versus. I was thinking, like, who would win the fight? And then as I typed it, I was like, you know what, fine, it can stay here. This is fine for Who's Who, but really, it's it's... It's not. It's it's pretty obvious. Jetley has some fun to him, but he's more he's more ass kicking and less uh, ass licking. If you know what I'm saying, so <laughs> is that not what I'm saying. All right, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, and finally, last but not least, who's who? And this is because of a uh, movie I recently partook in. Johnny and Mark. Oh hi, Mark oh. <laughs> from the room. Um. Uh, Keep I in mind, Johnny at all. yeah, you don't want to be Johnny. You also don't want to be Mark. He's an awful, uh, an awful person. He, he's not, like, at least. But he's Johnny. very pretty. Yeah, <laughs> so you can be the pretty one. Johnny at least means well. Okay, so how? No, that's not even a good way to compare. Can I be Chris R? No, no, no. You cannot. Uh, you have to either be Johnny or Greg, which, uh, sorry, Mark. Yeah. Um, <laughs> One Uh, of them is an idiot who just (laughs) has no idea what's going on and makes love with people's tummies. The other guy is a bad friend. Just a bad friend. Wait, characters? Okay, yeah. The characters, not 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 the the actors. Yeah. Specifically the characters in the movie.
1: Uh, that's 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 I mean, I'm not a bad friend.
0: You're not a bad friend.
1: But I do have a flexible morality. (laughs)
0: Also true. Um
1: Uh, I guess I'm Mark in this scenario, even though every character in that movie, their fucking motivations change, scene by oh, scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, no,
0: no, we'll talk about that at the end, that's what I want the final, the final thoughts of the show to be, so we'll, okay. we'll get there. Um, you want to be Mark and I'll be Johnny? I don't want to be either, character. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, I, I will definitely take, oh god. See, I've never been single, so I don't know how I would react to a, uh, what for some reason in this universe is a hot chick uh, being f- loose. So, I-, I I like to think I wouldn't sleep with them. So yeah, I'll be I'll be Gianni. Besides, I just want to be I just want to help everyone. Johnny's the guy. He's the provider in that. So I'll take it. Oh, God, that just um. All right, next game. Who would win in a fight? Oh, uh, God, there's so many. Keep in mind, these are all still
1: marker johnny yeah
0: marker yeah, mark johnny <laughs> i mean we it proved in that movie that it's yeah, mark know. because johnny killed himself uh spoiler alert <laughs> so who would win in a fight these are all still ones or mostly all still ones that me and kevin thought up at comic-con we made a large list we can milk this until 2018 so uh who would we should win be win? forcing him to do this shit on the, the crossover in in time in time good sir and i'm gonna come up with fresh ones for that who would win in a fight, the Flash versus the Human Torch?
1: That's such a weird. It's a weird one, I right? Like it's like. Actually, no. Actually, no. It's actually not that hard because um, you've seen Sky High, right? I I love Sky High. They prove what happens when you put a speedster against the flamer. That's, <laughs> you said it too to late. You said it on record. <laughs> That's going to be the soundbite that
0: opens this episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, if the speedster runs around the guy, it'll kill the fire because without oxygen there is no flame true so presumably you just take all the oxygen away from basically the flash took all the oxygen away from human torch and not only would he not have the fire powers basically he'd be unconscious or dead depending on how long you were taking away the oxygen for my question to you
0: would be in that scenario you know what's really nice which i hope that people have noticed how improved our quality is we can talk over each other and they'll hear it all now Like, you're not going to get washed out at all because of the shitty Skypeness. Like, in theory, if I get my editing done right, they'll hear everything. All these little laughs that I can't hear coming from you will finally be heard. It's glorious. (laughs) Like, I can't hear them at all because when I talk, it shuts you off. So, that's cool. I'm happy about that. I hope the quality is improved. But my question is, how quickly can the Human Torch go supernova? Because the Flash, obviously, um, is instantaneous. He can start doing the loop, but it still takes time to pull the air out. Could he supernova before then and kill the Flash?
1: I don't think so, because basically you're still sucking away oxygen in the Vortex. So he, he wouldn't be so able to get
0: enough to get to that heat? Exactly. Okay. He'd,
1: be, he'd be at the best like trying to just maintain, rather than like, yeah. yeah, I don't think he'd be able to build up, honestly. Okay.
0: I think his only hope would be the minute he see Flash doing that, to fly up so he could get away from it and get out of the Vortex, but I don't know. Yeah, I feel like the Flash has got that one pretty... You know what? When in doubt, just think of sky high. It's got it's a it's a vast well of knowledge that we can access. Who would?
1: I always wanted to write the comic book too. Like I always thought that'd be really cool because like, soon was Disney? I mean, before even Disney got bought, when Disney was working with Boom Studios, mm-hmm. I was like, that'd be a cool comic. I wonder why nobody's done that. And then like as soon as Disney bought Marvel, I'm like, why is no one doing that? We, comic that'd be such a cool. We comic. have the
0: time, like th- or the the, the 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 materials. We could do this. Maybe they will. I mean, who knows? I mean, you are eventually going to make Spider-Man movies, so you could have the pull to start writing comics. That's all I'm saying.
1: Indeed. Well, yeah, or, I, mean, I hope I don't like Jon Favreau, who like, was like, hey, I directed Iron Man. I'm going to write an Iron Man comic. He wrote two issues, and it was just like, hey, I'm not going to write an Iron Man
0: comic <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah, that was more of like a, you know heat of the moment thing. You've been wanting comics <laughs> your whole life. Let's just err on that side. Who would win in a fight? Doctor Doom versus Iron Man. Tony Stark. I mean, they've done that. Wait, they've done um, that? Oh, that's right. They're both the Marvel. Last... Oh, well.
1: And <laughs> then the last year or so of uh, Marvel, uh, basically since Tony Stark didn't die, but, like, went into kind of a coma. It was It's a whole fucking thing. Um, but, like, basically last year, um, Iron- there have been two Iron Man books. One was Riri Williams mm-hmm. as Ironheart. And one was Dr. Doom being Iron Man as the infamous Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, they've, I mean, yeah, I mean, but at the same time, like, the thing that uh, Dr. Doom has over Tony, but if they both, let's say they both have the Iron Man suit, because basically that's the whole thing that Dr. Doom has now. Okay. Let's say they both had that. He also has magic. So basically you have technology okay. and magic. Okay. So,
0: that kind of gives it the upper hand. Take away yeah. the two Iron Man suits then. Just magic versus Iron Man.
1: I would still say magic, just, gonna I mean, like, depending on how powerful you are as a sorcerer, like, I can't imagine there'd be a
0: lot you couldn't do. True, true, that's a fair point. All right, well, that one's, that one's Doctor Doom, then. He, he's Doctor fucking Doom. You know how much it takes to beat that guy? All of it. it takes all of what you got. Ah, oh, I've got so you many. Basically have to be, you basically have to beat him mm.
1: intellectually more than anything. That's, like, the whole, my favorite thing about the end of Secret Wars is where basically it finally kind of, because basically the whole plot of Secret Wars is basically, um, when the incursion happens that's been teased with Hickman's whole uh, Avengers run mm-hmm. that basically Dr. Doom basically creates the new world that basically makes himself God. Okay. And like the whole ending of it is basically Reed Richards basically being like you know that I would have done a better job and Dr. Doom having to admit that he knows that. And like which has to be the worst fucking thing in the world for Dr. Doom because the whole thing about Dr. Doom he's a guy who is so proud. Yeah. And like the whole Vain. thing is like The reason that he, like, that's I always think is funny. They never got it right in the Fantastic Four movies is that Doctor Doom does not hate Reed because Reed has Sue. Uh Doctor Doom hates Reed because Reed is smarter than him. Yeah. And nobody else is smarter than him. And it pisses him off so much that somebody else is that, like, he makes it. It's like the whole thing with, like, Superman and Lex Luthor, where it's like, it's not that uh, Superman's an alien and Lex Luthor is human, it's that Lex Luthor is just a human and is not nearly, like, couldn't do, and despite all it's the ways he type built thing. himself yeah. in his life, exactly, all the ways he's built himself up in his life, he'll never be that. Mm-hmm. And, like, that, that drives him insane.
0: The, that's It's kind of like um, Superior Spider-Man, how Doc Ock realizes, yeah, I can't be spider I don't know what makes this guy this, but I can't be better than him as hard as I try. So that's cool, though. I like those stories. Uh, all right, who would win in a fight? daredevil personal favorite of mine versus green goblin personal favorite of mine also yours
1: um i also have they done it i don't they probably have but i don't remember it um i would definitely say daredevil just by virtue of the fact that like
0: good guys always win
1: well no (laughs) it's just like i mean it's that like basically spider-man can beat green goblin and he doesn't have until at least until um Right before Spider-Island, he didn't have uh, any kind of training okay. uh, in martial arts, whereas uh, Daredevil is, or Matt Murdock,
0: is highly trained in martial I arts. I would argue that Daredevil's uh, senses are not quite, obviously, but getting on par with Spider-Sense as far as reactions and stuff, so he's got that. He's not as strong, but no, it's yeah. never really the strength that gets Spider-Man to win. That's not no, yeah. his... Yeah. Okay. But he's got the agility. I mean, he can jump more... As- no, because Daredevil does that. Yeah. Daredevil's the non-webby Spider-Man.
1: Well, that was the whole thing. That's like, I mean, that's the whole thing Fred Miller had actually said when he took over the book, was he was like, Daredevil is, let's face it, the poor man Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, but it was my opportunity to do basically a crime comic where it just... Instead of a guy in trench coat, it's a guy in tights. And that was the whole thing. It's why they, now Daredevil's a completely... Unique character essentially, but for, like a long time, it was basically just like Stan Lee being like, "Hey, remember when I made Spider-Man? Let's make Spider-Man again.
0: <laughs> like- <laughs> Let's keep it up." And he and he did. Uh, yes. All right. So then you would, yeah. I mean, that's fair to say. Daredevil. Plus, Daredevil is is maybe not. I I don't know. I haven't read them all, and I'm, I'm I've been reading a lot lately. I finished John Dies at the End. I restarted World War Z because my buddy's reading it, so I wanted to read it alongside him. And I'm rereading Preacher because how how can you not? recommend it to a friend and then not read it um uh so i would argue that maybe maybe matt murdoch has slightly more perseverance than peter parker he's a more resilient oh, person yeah.
1: well yes and no but I mean, like, the fact that peter parker base i mean they, they both face tremendous fucking bullshit but like oh yeah life never really stops shitting on peter parker like at least occasionally matt murdoch has reprieves <laughs>
0: i was trying to find here because i wanted to give you the exact number sorry so we can move into so that that wraps up uh who would win in a fight right sure all right so let's move to the final i want to talk two things really fast because i i think my friends are getting really sick of here. oh you know what that'll give it away so uh cbr.com you ever been on that website of course okay They just did their 2017's uh, top 100 comic book storylines, and they went from 100 to 1, and I read, not read all the stories, but went through all the lists to see it all. You know, like, 20 of them are different Stanman arcs. Uh, Ton of them are Batman, obviously, because he's had some of the most consistently good stories. Uh, So, just quick guess, number one. You know what number one is?
1: Number one, wait, say it again.
0: Uh, Okay, so... Like the greatest story? Uh, or, it's it's I mean... specifically storylines um, from of, yeah. of comics in general, not of a specific thing. But like half of them, not literally. I think I think I counted like fourteen of them are just Sandman storylines. Little, okay. you know. Uh, there's a ton of Batman ones because Batman's consistently been just one of the best uh, stories over and over again. So can Does you guess Dark
1: Knight Returns or Watchmen? Are they all they off the table? Or... No, no, no.
0: They're all on table. Oh, then I would guess Watchmen or Dark Knight Returns. That was it's, the number one or two. It is Watchmen. Dark Knight Returns was actually <clears throat> three. Um, oh. Number two was the Dark Phoenix Saga by Chris, Chris Claire. I, I
1: figured that would be that was that. I figured the top five I could basically Which, tell you because it's, it's always the same top five in every list. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah. so
0: um, I don't remember what four and five were, but I'm sure if I went, I um, uh, uh, I can't remember if uh, Daredevil Reborn was was one of them. Born Again. Born Again, sorry, was up there. Uh, But anyways, needless to say, ton of good stuff. Preacher was in this list all over the place. But just to put it into perspective, I'm always being almost annoying with how much I love The Watchmen. And not in like a um, appreciation of its art, because there's definitely that, and that's something you and Kevin are much better at than I am. It's just in sheer... You know how I am. I have an obsessive personality and usually it fades. For Watchmen, it doesn't. It's like one of the five things in my life that I will never not obsess over so to put that into perspective I was telling my buddy Jake about this today number two Dark Phoenix Saga it had so uh over a thousand people put a number of either one to ten on all these different storylines so number two after everything was tallied up had 2160 points pretty good the Dark Knight Returns had like 1900 and something so relatively close had 81 first place votes Dark Knight Returns had, like, uh, I'm not going back, it was 70-something first place votes. Like, really close, right? Number one is The Watchmen. Fucking, oh, 3,308 points. Not even close. Over (laughs) 1,000 points more than the next closest. 126 first place votes. It had half of its point total, almost, from just first place votes. It's it's not even close, Patrick. It's a I. It makes it hard for me because I'm constantly talking to you and Kevin. Like, what's the best Spider-Man story? What's the best this story? Like, what should I be reading about this character? You know, I've got Chris Claremont's Wolverine. I've got all that Daredevil stuff you've recommended. I uh, I picked up the uh, Blackest Night finally, so I've got the Jeff Johns Green Lantern stuff that's really good. And there's all these things that you're like, this is good, this is good, and I'm like, well, which is better? And you're like, well, you can't compare. You can't compare the Flash to Nightwing. Like, that's not how this works. But Watchmen is the only thing of that that you literally can just be like, yeah, fuck it all. It's Watchmen. Hang on, I know. <laughs> yeah. What's better? This or this? Oh, you can't compare Watchmen to Superman. Yes, you can. Watchmen's better. Moving on. Like, it it just it's hard for me to wrap my mind around. Is all.
1: Well, in fairness, Watchmen, you it, it's almost it kind of takes it off the board because just like that's the whole well, thing. It's like, but that's you what I mean. can't compare it because that's the whole thing. Is it's just like.
0: <laughs> that's what I'm getting at, it's crazy that it it, it literally, and then people are like yeah I get it, I've seen the movie, it's a cool story I'm like you don't get it though, like I read that book when I didn't like comics at all, and that book didn't even make me interested in comics, it made me interested in that book, it made me centralized there, I read that book in I think it's 11th grade, because my friend Dane was like, hey I heard this was good and I bought it, check it out, and obviously I loved it, didn't read comics again until I was 24, and you told me just trust me, pick up this book, or maybe you let me borrow it. Uh, I don't remember how I got my first comic book, but you're the reason I got it. Uh, That doesn't compare to the fact that this book stood alone on its own not related to the medium not related to the art or even the writer at the time who i didn't know it was just this book I, I just i'm sorry i can't it's hard for me to understand it's one of those things like you know when you put the universe into perspective and you're like the human mind can't wrap around the size that the universe actually is yada yada this is there's this many trillion stars and you, that's what watchman is to me does that make sense am no, i yeah, being weird
1: no yeah it's it's totemic. It's it's like it's it's something you can't even like. Yeah, no. It's so it's it's so totemic. You can't even really, you can't put anything against it because it's just it's a landmark achievement. Yeah. Like it's something that will never, it had never been done before and will never be done again. Like it's, it was just it's just it's the best the of the Wayne best of the best. Gretzky
0: of graphic novels.
1: Well, no, because Wayne Gretzky had many good seasons. Like this is like one <laughs> yeah. brilliant.
0: But there will this be is many great hockey players, but there will never be because there's been people to surpass Michael Jordan and Muhammad Ali and Tiger Woods and whatever. You can't pass Wayne Gretzky.
1: Well, yeah, but at the same time, it's also it's almost like the best example I would say almost is like uh, the U.S. Olympic team in 1980, where basically like uh, they were the
0: ones who the like, Miracle on
1: Ice toppled the Russians. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah
0: okay, this is the like Miracle it's like, on it was print.
1: This one time that this like everything oh. came together and it, against all odds, the
0: Miracle in Ink. That's what it's called. That's what I'm sure. That's what I'm calling it. That's what this episode's called. Fuck it, I'm writing it down right now. You're you <laughs> listening to this are in the past cuz I'm in the future right now. Although technically <laughs> I'm in the past, but relative to when you're hearing this. Miracle in Ink. Okay, that's awesome. It's not. I know it's corny and not very good, but I'm very just I'm running with it. So, the very last thing we got what? Maybe 10 minutes. I I've got to talk about it cuz I've got to head out here soon cuz I'm going to buy a GameCube whoop, whoop. Uh, it's my favorite system I all v- I have
1: a GameCube at my house. Yeah, it's or at my, it, house, it's my yeah. favorite
0: system arguably of all time, and I still don't have one. So a guy put it up on the Facebook Marketplace for 30 bucks, and I was like, yep! Because I went on Amazon and eBay, and like, the cheapest is around 50 bucks, and they're in pretty bad condition. Not, I mean, they're playable, but this one's mint, so I'm excited. I finally got around to watching The Room, and let me just say of all the talk on all the internet that you can read about this movie they all say it's so bad it's bad and that makes it fun to watch it makes it good to watch I wholeheartedly disagree avoid this movie at all costs I am not happy that I watched this there is only one reason I'm happy I saw that and that's because the disaster artist is coming out otherwise I would be pissed that someone told me to watch this movie (laughs) okay well
1: uh cardinal and i did an entire episode about it on gifted punksters so if you want my full thoughts check that shit out i'll go i'll, I'll pee um as well. my main thing with it is that, like after reading disaster artists because basically the whole reason was basically like i never really wanted to watch something, i'd heard of the movie forever before but like i had the opposite reaction of kevin because kevin is like very much like oh hey this is stupid like totally let's watch this and it's like i had the opposite reaction was like why would i want to watch something that i know is bad like what the fuck is the point of that um, And then I read the book, and then I was like, well, fuck it, I'll watch the movie. And I watched the movie, and I watched it again the next day. Cause I watched it, it was me, Kevin, and Gina watched it. And then the next day, it was me, Justin, and Alyssa watched it. And it's like, the thing about it is, like, it's not, it's obviously not a good movie. Like, nobody can say it's a good movie. No,
0: they're but, fools if they say that. But,
1: but, but, um, there is... An earnestness to it that I do find really endearing <sighs> because it's clearly made by people who care, and I can tell you a dozen fucking a dozen movies this year yeah. where like you can tell people didn't give a shit making it.
0: Well, that, so that's room,
1: you can feel how much people cared when they were making it that they just didn't know what the fuck they were doing <laughs> they were just... and they didn't do a great job. Yeah, kids in a candy but store. They tried so hard, and it to me it. Comes across.
0: Well, like it's, it's, so the way there. that it's buried will. In the the code, way that'll reflect on me out. is when I watch The Disaster Artist. And you, having read it, have a. This is. And you're not going to like the parallel. This is Yoga Hosers for all over again. So Yoga Hosers was the exact opposite. I went into that as if you read The Disaster Artist, listening to about 15 to 20 hours worth of Kevin Smith being like, can you believe I'm making this movie? Like. I get to do this. And Andy McElfresh, the, the co-host on my favorite podcast of all time, Edumacation, did all the effects, shitty as they may be, did them all. And they're not even that bad. They're just super campy because you can tell one person did them all. Um, and I just had to listen to him say, I love my life that this is what I'm able to do. That's all he kept saying was like, I don't fucking care. I'm making this movie for me. After it came out, I didn't see it when it first came out. He's talked about the reviews and all he kept saying was like, I get that people are shitting on it, but I love this movie, and I was like, "Oh, you do!" Like I was like, "I was like, oh my god, you do love this movie." So when I watched it, all I could do was giggle at the fact. That I'm like, "Oh my god, Kevin! I can okay, yep, you were stoned off your ass, having a good time." So in relation to this story, disaster a
1: different thing though. Like there's even like he was having fun. It's like, yeah, I'm glad that you're having fun, but you made a piece of shit that you knew you're making a piece of shit. Like
0: okay yes, Tommy
1: Wiseau was trying his best. He just didn't have the skill or any artistic integrity or <laughs> talent at all. No, no, no. Like he, he just was trying his goddamn best to make something that would stand up to the stuff that he loved, and he did love. I mean, maybe well, after that's, watching Disaster Artist, the that'll
0: that'll meld for me. Because watching it without any knowledge of what this was, other than one guy decided to try to make a blockbuster. Oh my God! Like I said, I would I would punch you in the face for recommending that movie. I'd be like, "Are you fucking kidding me? You thought this was fun to watch?" But with a sucker for people as I am, after I watch the Disaster Artist, yeah, I'll probably be like, "Okay, you know what? You because that movie's getting great reviews. Apparently, the portrayal's great. There's a really really awkward interview with Tommy Wiseau and James Franco, um, where you can tell he like greenlit this whole thing and he's happy that someone's telling the story again and like." So yes, I'll probably come around. Without that knowledge, Oh my God, Patrick, are you I've seen YouTube videos that are five seconds long of some guy just staring at his mom that were better than this. It was so bad.
1: I'm not saying it's a good film. I'm just saying like, I respect it because at least it came from a place of like genuine care and passion. Whereas, fucking, like, if you use the example of yoga houses. I'm like, yoga houses is an example of, like, oh, f- oh, hey, look, look what I'm getting paid to do. Yeah. And that pisses me off. No,
0: see, I because, love that because no. he spent his no, life no, no, being no, 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 a no. fucking, like. Because
1: that's the opposite. That's the thing. It's like, no, Tommy it's not. Sunk his, no, 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 because Tommy sunk his own money into that. Six million dollars
0: of his own fucking money making that movie. Kevin Smith got paid to make that piece of shit well so that's where it's a little different is he didn't so yes technically he got paid because he found the funding but that movie and technically red state on he stopped being at the corporate whim so in that regard he spent 10 years of his career just being grumpy that he was making movies that people were saying was bad this is him just being like i don't fucking care anymore Like, yes, you can say that I've made good movies and I've made bad movies, and now I'm just going to make movies. And if you want them... Until Cop Out, I never once
1: said one of his movies was bad. No, no, yeah, yeah. Even
0: Jersey Girl, I enjoyed everything. I haven't seen yet, but Franny loves it, so whatever. So up to that point, that's where I give him the edges That Unfortunately, he was a successful guy who got to do it, whereas Tommy wasn't. He's a guy who put it all on the line. This would be like if Clerks was a bad movie. That's what it would be like. like. People would look at Kevin Smith in a similar way. So Yoga Hosers, I just feel like just because he's now at the successful point he's still only selling him it, selling it himself he's still like i'm going to make these movies i'm glad i'm finding funding but if you want them you got to come to me i'm not trying to put these in your face and i love that i love it
1: i don't fucking care dude like i mean like that thing is like to me yoga hoser is fucking insulting okay like, well we took
0: very different <laughs> understandings of this movie and that's fine cuz
1: what i'm saying like it's it's literally it's fucking insulting like cause it's, it's like literally a guy who didn't give a shit it's literally a guy who was just like ha ha ha. Isn't this I, fucking see, stupid?
0: See, that's funny? not what I get. I Whereas disagree. Tommy
1: thought he was doing something good, he just doesn't know good from bad. Whereas Kevin Smith was just a stone piece of shit who didn't care. No, no, and I that pisses me
0: I off. disagree. I think he didn't care about the critical reaction. He just cared about making a movie he'd love. I don't and think, that's the, I honestly... So if anything, if that's more admirable. than... Actually
1: likes, if, if, Kevin, if Kevin Smith actually likes that movie, I seriously question his taste and question how he was able to make a single good movie in his that, career. That's, because he clearly did not have good influences if he thinks that's a good
0: well, movie. Well, you change as a person as time goes
1: on. You change. I don't it's a,
0: care. It's a no, 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 It's a bad movie, that but that's not your, what your we're, we're arguing. That's not what we're arguing. Your should
1: enrich. It should be get, should get no, more fine-tuned. Not when you're Kevin not Smith, who's a child. You shouldn't fucking, like... Oh my I God. think you can. That's the problem. It's like he's literally his fucking daughter could make a fucking better movie. I'm fairly sure. Maybe,
0: but we're not arguing whether the movie was good or bad because they're both very clearly bad movies. The room yes, is worse. Yes, I'm, I'm not saying yes. I mean, that's what I'm arguing. So, I'm So like, the Yoko fact
1: is insulting because he didn't even try. He
0: didn't. I see. I disagree that he didn't try. That I, that's. We'll end it at that. I disagree that he didn't try. We both very clearly feel differently about this. But the room is a fucking attack on your senses and your basic understanding of the how a The room is not a good go. movie.
1: The room I'm not saying room, room is a good movie. But Room is at least somebody who tried their best to make a good movie. All right. Pa- like I- that's that's the thing that drives me to about Kevin Smith at this point. And I love Kevin Smith for like, the longest time. I was his biggest fan. I defended him through everything. And the last couple years I can't defend him. In fact, I kind of want to fucking punch him in the face because I'm just like when did you stop caring? Like, when did your soul die? I, like, I would really like to know. Because, like, I, that's my whole thing. Is well, I, I was mean, like, if someone
0: kept riding your dick, eventually, I mean, you are the type of person that if someone rides your dick, you're just like, fuck you, I don't care what you think. I feel like he's on that, but on a grand level that unfortunately puts him in front of your face no matter what. So, where, if I'm like, Patrick, do this, you're like, no, fuck you, I'm not doing it. I'm like, come on, that's just me and you. He's getting this from a million people who are like, make a good movie. And he's just like, no, fuck you, I'm going to make the movie I want. I just, I, I just, I, I get what you're saying. I just disagree. That's all.
1: I and mean, that's fine. But I mean, I just, I, it, it, it hurts me to be able to, like, to be able to say this because I was saying like, my fucking like Mount Rushmore of filmmaking when I was a kid was Quentin, Robert, Kevin, and John Carpenter. And John Carpenter always made, always made kind of made it clear he didn't really give a shit. Yeah, that's So that's fair. fine. Like he, he made really good movies, but he would just like very much like. It, i'm a fucking like basically i'm a fucking i'm a guy laying brick like this is my job yeah. i'm good at it like whereas like and quentin still makes i don't think he's working the the the, the top level he used Doesn't to be he but newer? he's still working at a pretty he's got a new one coming it's not out yet oh, okay. they, yeah manson the manson movie's coming out. Oh, okay um but like rodriguez and smith like at least rodriguez like has kind of mercifully just kind of stopped yeah um Kevin Smith is just like... Oh, no. It's almost like he's fucking, like, literally daring people to stop watching this <laughs> shit at this point. He might be. Because he's just That's like... That's He might be. He's literally cause he's just like... he just like... Okay, that you thought that movie was bad? Here's this one. No, oh, he doesn't movie was do bad? that. Here's this one. Because Tusk was great. I swear to... G- I like Tusk, but, I mean, the reason I like Tusk is because... Not because I think it's a good movie, per se, but because it's a very unique film. Yeah, it's super like, unique. Like, Yoga Hoser's not unique. It's basically just a... It's like a shitty version of every fucking stoner comedy you've ever seen.
0: like Okay, I get that. I get that.
1: So, so like that's the thing that drives me well, fucking I insane. Well, like, I pray like,
0: that Kilroy Was Here is going to be great. Or at least good. Because that's his next upcoming movie that he shot with a bunch of college kids who asked him to come to the campus and it's going to be great.
1: Oh, my
0: God. <laughs> Do you remember, I think I might have told you, he had a Krampus pitch and a Krampus movie he was about to make. Uh, yeah. And then he stopped doing that to go make Tusk and when he came back to it, they were like, yeah, this other big-budget Krampus movie got made. Do you want to keep going? He's like, no, it doesn't make sense. It's the same. So he took that story, uh, flew down to some art school in Sarasota, uh, Arizona, um, where they asked him just to speak. Sarasota's in Florida. It's somewhere in Arizona, so maybe it's not Sarasota. Uh, Flew down there. They were like, Hey, you want to speak at the college? He's like, yeah, of course, sure. I'll. I will do not care. And so he goes down, he speaks, and then as he's done, a bunch of college kids were like, hey, for for our film class, we we're making a movie, and he's like, yeah, I'll totally make a movie, uh, and the school funded it, and it's. Uh, do you know what the Kilroy is? The the picture of the guy yeah. over the yeah. with the big nose. Yeah. It's the Krampus movie. Subtract Krampus and create Kilroy as this um, uh, uh, swamp thing, and. Uh, yeah, it's shot with college kids. They actually, it was originally just gonna be like a web, like a twenty-minute web movie. Uh, and as it went on, like he loved it so much, then he called other people. They came and saw what they had started making, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll give you more money. Here you go." So now it's an actual movie. Probably not gonna come out till next year. I hope it's good. Again, I'm gonna I mean, love it because it, I just can't not. But
1: I, at this point, I'm always fucking terrified now. Like it used to be, like I was really excited when Kevin Smith made movies, and now I'm like. Oh, Christ. Like, what the fuck? It's, it's almost like when a really good horror director is like, you know, he's going to make like the most. Like, Eli Roth before he kind of went oh, to hell. Yeah. It was just like, oh, my God, what's he going to do this time? Like, I know it's going to be awesome, but I wonder how fucking disgusting it's going to be. It's kind of like Kevin Smith just like, oh, fuck. Like, what the fuck piece of shit am I going to sit through this time? And like, yeah, I swear to God, if it's worse than Yoga Hosers I'm done. Like, I, I tap out at that point. I'm just like, <laughs> at that point, I'm just like, you know what? You win, motherfucker. You keep I've, making piece of shit movies. I'm done. I've already
0: heard too much about it that I'm so excited and I'm going to love it. Uh all right. I got nothing else. Fair enough. All right. Well, that wraps this up. Uh, I don't have anything fun to tease, so just, you know, keep an eye out. We release episodes. Enjoy it.
1: I, I was going to say, I mean, there's still the pitch to come and there's the crossover coming. Yeah, <laughs> so but I don't know do the nothing to tease.
0: I don't know the timelines of those and I think this is going to be the floater episode that we hold on to for a minute and I'll let it out me saying this. So, uh either way, that's not the point. Um this has been Men of the Machine. I'm Kevin. I'm back. Thanks for listening.